Football is back, and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football, with games being played nearly every day, and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! What's the most polite way of kicking people off a five-a-side pitch when their time is up? How long does it take to judge the seriousness of midweek office football games? Why can't people keep score? And what the hell is 7G AstroTurf? Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Access to The Athletic is currently free for 30 days, taking you through to the end of the Premier League season. Go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. With me are two fully paid up members of The Athletic's intra-office five-a-side squad. First of all, Charlie Eccleshare, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Also returning, Dan Barnes, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, and I'll... um... I'll forge you my fiver after the game. Yeah, yeah, you're already breaking me out in cold sweats of the idea of being the admin for Fiver Sides, but yeah, you're you're here free of charge. Don't worry. Um, before we get stuck into the into the main theme of today, I have a very important topic that we need to cover first. Um, listener Tom Hearn has drawn my attention to this bit of chat from Formula One. Christian Horner, head of Red Bull's F1 operations, says the uncertainty around the number of Grand Prix that will be held in the revised 2020 season means that Red Bull will be treating every race like a cup final as the team try and win a first championship title since 2013. Dan, are you comfortable with the concept of treating everything like a cup final transferring into Formula One? Absolutely not, unless they're going to... No, unless they're going to, you know, release a single before every race or, <laughs> you know, all their pit crewers are going to, you know, are going to wear white suits. I, I can't see how you get into that same mindset in Formula One. Get their own cliches. They'll treat every race like it's the Le Mans 24 hours or something. But um, you can't have it. It's ours. It doesn't work in Formula One. Go away. Today is all about five-a-side and the intricate set of emotions and physical sensations that come with it. Because I suppose on the face of it, Charlie, uh, is, it, is it fair to say it's just not proper football? But when you actually get involved in it, it's actually a rather more intense experience than 11-a-side, isn't it? I think I'm probably in the minority if people are sort of age and that I... I prefer 11 still to fight just because I think the level of satisfaction yeah and I just think you can there is the potential to have a moment in 11 aside if you score a good goal or a goal or you know win a game that's really satisfying I think that's to me as far that elevates it way beyond five aside which is five aside you're more guaranteed you'll have 
a decent experience. Eleven aside, you can have an awful experience, but the highs are also much higher. Um, I so, think that's a very good point. Yeah, so I, I still, it still for me is elevens is like the thing I aspire to, but fives is yeah, it, 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 it's safer ground in in many ways. Uh, Dan, if I if after all this time in lockdown, since we played a game of five aside, if I play you the following sound, just tell me what it means to you. That's opportunity, isn't it? Ringing around a, a some sort of steel enclosure, it feels like, doesn't it? I mean, I think, so as kind of Charlie's spoken about the difference between, you know, 11s and 5s, but, you know, in a professional game, when we talk about crossing that white line, I mean, I don't think it compares to crossing into that sort of steel cage or steel cauldron, you know? I mean, I think uh, yeah. the thing with 5 aside is, of course, you know, you can have lows, much, many more lows and, and bigger highs, sort of higher risk, higher reward in 11s. But in five-a-side, you know, you know that you're going to be all action and you know that, you know, you've got more chance of scoring goals, you've got more chance of being involved, but it's frenetic and frantic, isn't it? You know, you're right in the sort yeah. of pres- pressure cooker. And I feel pressure, I feel nervous, even playing, you know, Sunday before a Sunday league game. That morning before, I'm a bit like, oh, you know, there's butterflies or whatever, but I've never felt butterflies playing five-a-side, even competitively, because it's just, uh, it's just going to be, Helter skelter, all action, isn't it? It's like double concentrate football, isn't it? And um, but that, but that 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 sound, that all the hopes and dreams in in that single sound of a, of a gate sliding open. But of course, that sound is important. That that sound has a practical use because uh, generally speaking, that sound is the is the audio signal for for a team who are currently playing or mucking around on a pitch to get off and let the other team come on. And um, Charlie, this this to me is is a very tense moment of five side. But here are some listeners' contributions on on how we should approach this situation. I want you to give your opinion, Ross Tyson says um i really need some advice on politely kicking people off even when i know with 100 percent certainty that some time thieves are on my pitch i can only ever muster a hey guys sorry i think we're booked for this pitch um what's your <laughs> approach here you pray that they make the first move and they're like oh are you guys on and you're like yeah yeah yeah, if that's all right yeah we'll, we'll we'll come on now yeah uh if that doesn't happen i mean i remember we <laughs> we a guy we play with who, who is known for maybe being a little gauche he kind of just steamed in and was quite sort of oh. like yeah guys like uh i think you're done here like <laughs> get off and it was kind of perfect because obviously we were all uh more, a bit more reserved it was also hilarious it, it's just a classic British psyche thing, isn't it? We hate confrontation, <laughs> and so we, yeah, we kind of skirt around it, even though there's nothing wrong with just being like, uh, yeah, guys, you're done, <laughs> get off. I never want to be the first person to initiate this. Uh, I'm happy to kind of back up whoever goes first. Dan, Ben McLenahan suggests a, a quiet times up, lads, and then you've got to make a really big noise with the door bolts. Whereas Medi Juma says there's simply no way to kick people politely off a court. You just have to wander on with a few of the lads, put your bags and footballs behind a goal and just walk towards the centre circle. Hmm. Subtler approaches. On both those points, uh, they're both sort of uh, tried and tested uh, tactics, aren't they? One thing I would say is time's up, lads, is you don't say that in any other situation, do you, apart from trying to get on the five-a-side <laughs> pitch that you've paid for. Um, but or kicking well, someone you know, out, of a, out of a pub, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, I suppose, but... Has, have you ever experienced anyone say "times up, lads," and actually look at the other team? I also hear it said <laughs> staring at the ground or oh, talking completely. to your mates. It's never, you know, it's not. You, we obviously hate the awkwardness, don't we? But any and all these situations, you know, you need. It's impossible, even even if you're, you know, 
as as with you normally find with five aside, you know, you might be the first person who's there on time, um, but you need you need a group. You need to be at least five <laughs> or six, so you don't look like because you know you need to be ready to play, don't you? Like if you kick a team off, you're going to be embarrassed if you're actually just having a little bit of a warm up or just taking a few shots, that kind of thing. You know, you need a big team with you, whether you're obviously going with the times up lads or you know the more sort of passive aggressive of you know, warming up in the corner of the pitch whilst the game's still going on or chuck- chucking your bags behind the goal. But when they don't goal, notice, you know? when they don't yeah. notice you're there, that, that's they, even worse because then you're just prolonging the awkwardness. Um, we, we've the got the pub of, actually, the, yeah. the pub is a good analogy because I think the only, the equivalent for me of awkwardness is if if you have like a birthday drinks in a pub and you've got like a table reserved and not oh. enough people are there yet. So you've oh, only got to be like, guys, just say like, absolutely fine for you to sit there for now, but there will be people <laughs> coming. So like, you know, just, just, you know, just, just wanted to flag that. that they were, it's like, yeah, but we're right here now. Absolutely fine oh. there now. Yeah, just say, it's like, uh, oh, and, just, and, and like, like Dan says, you don't have quite enough of you there to start putting the pressure on. Uh, it's the same we, thing, you know, you might be the best five-a-side player ever and, you know, you've got every right to activate your calves, you know, but, <laughs> but if you haven't got a group of people behind you it's not going to work towards the braver end of the spectrum here Arjun Gole says um, a simple sorry I think we've got this pitch booked which which sounds a little bit too apologetic for me but he says he has a zero tolerance policy for next goal wins so that's he's drawing the line there uh, finally Thomas Carter kind of agrees with you Dan you need to wait till you have a critical mass of your own group uh, see, see, a, a good solid number of you before you can actually impose yourself on the uh, on the pitch, but never entertain the possibility of an admin error like double booking. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, I can see that this 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 clearly affects a lot of people, and and we've had a lot of responses for different ways of doing it. But it, be bold is the uh, is the way to do it. Dan, uh, uh, you know, a typical power league evening, a typical power league atmosphere on a Tuesday night. It's it's, it's a very tense thing. I've I've like. It's it's one of the few places now where you can go and there's just this om- relentlessly ominous feeling of testosterone everywhere. Just the layout of five-a-side pitches at a power league. It's these little sort of corridors in between the pitches and you're always squeezing past someone. And just just because the reason you're all there is to play football, I feel like everyone is in this kind of permanent state of sizing everybody else up. I find it, I, I find it quite a nervous thing walking around a power league. Obviously, you want to turn up early and make sure that Davo's remembered his boots and all that kind of stuff. But you will, be, you will, you know, you're sizing everyone up because it obviously brings all sorts of... Um, all sorts of different people together, doesn't it? You know, you you might walk because nobody remembers. Oh, we're on pitch four. Nobody knows what pitch four is. The person at the you know the person at the desk probably doesn't know where pitch four is. You know, you just figure it out, don't you? But if you're walking, yeah, just to walk pitch, this kind of really scary gauntlet. Yeah, um, past and you're just more talented football players to get to the exactly, pitch that you're playing. Exactly, you're just hoping and praying that you're not playing against that team of. 18, 19 year olds who've all got bandied together and got themselves some nice Nike team wear and look really serious. You know, you don't, you're like, oh. And then there's just that when you, you know, you're up against a, a bunch of guys just in sort of sweaty t shirts, you're like, oh, <laughs> thank goodness, you know, we're not against them, you know? And that's, yeah, that's, that's all it is. And even you have that sort of holding pen if you're, if you know, lucky enough to play at one of those centers that's got a bar. Like, I've never, I've never oh, felt right. like a pint after a power league, you know, or no. a pint after a five aside or before, you know, <laughs> I've never felt like that. I feel that, like that's so. the only place. That's the only place that's acceptable to drink beer while wearing shin pads. Yes. Because the only other option is to go to like a nearby gastro pub because you want to go to a decent, not a gastro pub, but like a decent place. But then you then you have to bear in mind that you're going to turn up wearing probably full kit and you feel awful in a pub wearing full kit. I just I, I just feel like I want to get that out of there as quick as possible. But Charlie, also wear, you're, you're wearing like a sort of black jacket, like a kind of reasonably smart <laughs> oh jacket. Like over. Your work coat, your yeah, work coat exactly. over the top yeah. of your football kit, yeah. which, which I think pound for pound is the worst look possible for yeah, a human being. It's right up there. <laughs> With shin pads uh, hanging out of the socks. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. But of course, 
all these dilemmas are things that we haven't really had to face for months now. And what, this is one sort of corner of the entertainment industry that seems to be in rather limbo about when and when and how they're allowed to open. Um, as far as I understand it, Power League and goals and their equivalents, they're allowed to kind of host kickabouts, Charlie. So you're allowed to you're allowed to turn up and have a little, um, essentially like park style kickabout with your mates as long as you maintain social distancing. And you're only allowed five of you on the pitch at one time, which to me sounds utterly pointless mm. uh, because I don't know what you what kind of game you could possibly um, create there. So I asked I asked Power League, what's the situation here? And they said, well, we've had we've had practically nothing from the government informing us when we might be able to reopen. Advice when it comes is vague at best. Are we are we in danger of ignoring the five side industry? They must be they must be coining it at the best of times. Yeah, I mean, what we wouldn't give to be you know, sitting in a work jacket and shin pads, <laughs> sipping yeah. a, a warm Bex whilst watching a Europa League game. On the other hand, I'm just trying to think about how much money I would pay just to have a five side pitch to myself and a ball and just push whacking it into an empty goal. I, I, be, it'd still be single figures, but I'd still pay. Dan, there are there are some kind of personal uh, stories here that I, th- I think might be rather affected by the current situation. I think of my, the local character down at, at Goal Sutton, Keith, the goalkeeper. Uh, Keith is a mid-50s goalkeeper for hire, and he hangs around the bar uh, at, at Goals on a, on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, and he offers his services in goal for about four games a night, three nights a week. About He, he charges four quid plus his share of the pitch hire for like a, uh, one of the proper league games. Uh, he's unbelievably good. He's unbeatable. Every time I get there a little bit early before I play for side, five side, and I just watch him, and and he's he he's clearly used to be he used to play he used to be like a pro. I've never seen him concede a goal, and I also never seen him say a <laughs> single word to anyone. He he is just incredible character. I'm definitely going to get hold of him for some sort of very brief terse interview. Is the likes of Keith the goalkeeper quite crucial to a, an average five side team? Absolutely, particularly in you know competitive leagues, competitive centres. They're like a. He's performing the role of maybe like a journeyman boxer, you know, the kind of people who <laughs> yeah. they, they get put in to give people their pro debuts and stuff. Without them, obviously, people never get to the top. It's the same with a five-a-side. I mean, I've never, I've played once or twice in sort of competitive league. And I don't know if you've ever played in a team where, you know, someone's running late because they're running late at work. So you have to play four against five. Oh, it's the, the worst. worst. The worst, worst. worst. Absolute worst. You know, you come up and like, look, we're only two and down. Come on, come on, hurry up. <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thing. And so these kind of things, I mean, it's great, obviously, when you get these um, sort of these ringers or whatever, because there's always yeah. these, There's, I don't know, I've played in some certain centres where, you know, they had like a full sort of online sort of service, a message board where you could, you could ask for someone to play with. And <laughs> there, are these, there are these characters who I wonder, like, do you have a job or is there anything else you do but just play five aside and like they're I always you play just... enough it's probably an, it's probably a living isn't it I mean Keith the goalkeeper sounds like he could yeah yeah I'd love to I want to see his tax returns um... precisely it's, but, then, <laughs> but yeah you play with these people and obviously unfortunately usually you'll find that just with the nature of five-a-side, they're probably a bit greedier than your normal player. But frankly, that's because they don't know anyone's name. Uh, you've probably forgotten their name as well. So it's difficult yeah. to ask you, come on, can you just play the pasta? Come on. <laughs> None of that ever, ever works as well. But of course, you know, they really are providing a vital service. And I guess it's, when else would you really just sort of get a ringer in? It's quite fun in a way, isn't it? Charlie, uh, somebody probably provides a, an equally valuable service at, uh, on these sorts of nights, but someone who probably isn't missing five aside quite as much are they poor referees at the average mm. power league stroke goals evening they're curious they're curious characters because uh, unlike actual proper referees they don't really seem to give a shit 
at all. <laughs> they just sort of stand there, and and their their job is simply to demark uh, the ball going over head height, and then absolutely stonewall any complaint from players <laughs> whatsoever. I find them infuriatingly benign people. Yeah, it's the it's the lack of movement, and and, and the, the idea that like <laughs> that moving Where would, would be, a, ludic- be in the a ludicrous thing to do. Yeah, well, they they just have to stand in that corner, don't they? That that said, actually, uh, one of the seven side leagues or six side league I used to play in, the ref actually was quite good. But um, yeah, generally it, there was a five side league I played in where they were, I mean, another level bad, as, as you said, just. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was like it was ridiculous because, uh, and it was this league playing was 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 actually horrible. Like we played the teams that they would just foul you, and the thing is, they could because like there was no deterrent to doing it. They wouldn't get, they wouldn't really get penalised for it. You could be through on goal and they'd foul you, and maybe you'd get a free kick. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was one, there was one actually, just one of these extremely aggy uh, refs as well, who if you said anything to him would just go off on one. Uh, but yeah, they're another. Le- I mean, they are some way below um, your Sunday league refs, for instance. But you uh, you need them, Dan, because uh, I personally, for me, on the, on the face of it, playing five side against a bunch of strangers is just inherently more intimidating than playing with people you know. Because uh, on on all levels, I'm talking about both in terms of footballing ability. You just simply don't know what this person in front of you is capable of, and also you don't know what they're capable of. And uh, <laughs> I, I just I just find. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a seasoned five-a-sider. I've been I've been playing um, mid-table power league for for years, and yet I just still find the whole thing incredibly uh, intimidating. The converse situation, of course, is is, is office five-a-side when you're playing with your playing in your comfort zone with your with your colleagues. But I still feel it's fraught with certain levels of awkwardness, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, of course. It's uh, you just never know when it starts off. Like, oh, you know, we maybe say you join a new place, and oh, yeah, we don't. We all get together. We have a kick around on a Monday night. Like, okay, good, good, good. And you just, you never know. You never know how seriously you should take it. You never know how serious <laughs> anyone else exactly. should take it. You never know how how good anyone is. I guess it's the same as any football, but really you just never know because these are people obviously you spend sort of your nine to five or whatever hours it might be with. You don't want to... You don't want to be too competitive and hurt someone because they'll probably keep bringing it up in the office, maybe. Or you don't want to. You know, how, how long does it take to to ascertain this level of seriousness? Do you think? I think I think all you probably need is the warm up, isn't it? I don't know, or maybe just the first couple of games, really, because I think everyone will start on a different level of seriousness. You know, you could just be having a bit of a fun, but there might be one work colleague who takes who take it very seriously, and they end with seventeen goals. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's just very different, isn't it? You know, I mean, what in a situation maybe where you're playing against your boss? You know, how can you can't really physically tackle your own boss can you you can nutmeg them though that's incredibly good fun we put this out there charlie to the listeners and it seems that sort of being the new guy at the office five aside seems to be a sort of running theme of, of awkwardness <laughs> uh, sam says making a five aside debut for an existing team can be very stressful if strangers are involved um specifically the part where you have to describe your ability or best position beforehand and then have to match it or justify it uh, in the match i'd never cope as a pro with an actual price tag um how careful do you have to be at bigging yourself up before you make your five-a-side debut with your colleagues? I think it's such an interesting one generally if someone's like, you know, are you, are you good at football? You know, when you're asked that question. I mean, it's it's such a hard one to answer. I mean, I would always play myself down, but I do think it's just so relative. Like, I'll play football sometimes 
and I, I can play alright. I'll be like, oh, I'm pretty good. And then I have other games. I'm like, I am so bad. And it, <laughs> it, it, do you know what? It's just like yep. there's such a range of who you play with. What I don't understand is those people who do big themselves up loads. And and I remember one guy being like, oh, what position do you play? And the lemons, he was like, yeah, I'm best in the hole. I was just like, no. come <laughs> on. Like, you, just, you just you cannot. No matter how good you are, I'm sorry, you cannot say your best position in that. I was like, yeah, sort of just like a roving number 10 would, would suit me best if that's all right, lads. Like, obviously say, yeah. But yeah, and especially with colleagues, you do not want to be the guy who's, who's big yourself uploads and says, no, you, yeah, I you had trials. you can have to face them with... for, the, for the rest of your exactly. professional existence. It's an awful thing. I had um... trials with X when I was 11. Harry's sponsors Football Clichés, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision-engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. As a listener of Football Clichés, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover, by going to harrys.com forward slash football cliches right now. That's harrys.com forward slash football cliches. Dan, listener L suggests some very niche hang-ups about Office 5 aside. Uh, first of all, not knowing the names of your teammates, so having to use yep over and over again. Because <laughs> yep, I think I understand what he means. Yep is basically the universal symbol, for, universal kind of language for I'm here, pass the ball to me, or, or I'll pass it to you. It's just a very useful phrase. And then secondly, he says, agonising over whether to change at the office or the venue itself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're an office changer, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I am. I am, and it's just the sort of dressing room situation with your. Uh, if you're doing it on with your Sunday team, and it's a bunch of guys, you don't work with them, do you? So if you want to walk around naked, or you know, or you know, that is fine. But not the. You spend more time with your work colleagues. You know, they're the people you're forced to, work, to be with. Aren't you're you? used so to you... seeing them fully clothed. In a, exactly, in a I'm used atmosphere. to seeing exactly used to seeing don't all of you fully take clothed. my shirt off in front of them. Absolutely. But no, exactly. it's kind of like it's like mutually assured destruction. Like if you all do it, then it's like right. Okay, well, he knows I've got that. I know he's got that. It's all fine. You know, I, I, I think you, you're just it's all in it together. It's nothing specifically. It's just the general, general, general feeling. Yeah. Of course, not knowing your teammates. Whenever you do play with, say, even if it's just one of those, I mean, it's one of those non-competitive five-a-sides where you just play amongst each other. So a mate says, oh, a mate from work says, do you want to play with my mates? You know, my local mates, fine. Um, this is Jamie, Jim. Steve and Sean, <laughs> you you don't know any of their na- names, do you? You might know who who's wearing the Arsenal shirt, maybe, but that's about it. You don't know anyone's name, and it'll take a long time. There's just there's just no no hope, is there? Having about half a dozen names fired at you before you're making your debut in pretty much any footballing context is is just basically the most useless way of getting to learn names ever. Because I am not thinking about who these people are. I'm thinking about what they think of me and what I'm going to do for the next half an hour. I don't care what their names are. I'm never going to remember. So basically, here are and yep. My thing as well, when I'm introduced to anyone, my main focus is on getting the handshake right or getting that sort of thing right. So I'm not taking their names at all. It's just like, right, just yeah. don't, don't mess up the handshake or the embrace. And then I'm like, oh, I did not take in their name at all. 
the only opportunity you have to ascertain, like, get a second bite of the learning people's names cherry is when you go in goal and you get, and, you, and you sort of lean over and go, "What's your name again?" And then yeah. you, you've got to find out you've you got to find you've got to find out your defence's names because that's hugely important. But you can... and, then, and then even then you never use them. So, ah, oh. but then of course you you have this. I mean it it goes on and on this dilemma because you might end up spending a whole hour calling someone a completely wrong name and then you find out oh. what they're actually called and it's just crushing I mean, crushing realisation yeah. that you've got their name my, to- my toes are curling my toes are curling and obviously as you just said there what's your name again you can only say that in your first game if you turn up the second week and you don't remember that name obviously it's just horrendous no, that makes it? you look weird I think saying to someone else like, "Oh, what's um, what's the guy in the Arsenal shirt's name?" I, that's oh, sort of my my yes. preferred, a bit more covert. Yeah. You got to do it really quietly so they don't find out you're doing it. Oh, thank yeah, exactly. Oh God, I'm I'm aching here. Problem with work father side is that um, uh, the boundaries between it and actual work, Charlie, tend to tend to become rather blurred. Ross Tyson says simply saying, "Playing this week is a great alternative to all right when you pass someone you have nothing in common with in the corridor." The <laughs> um, five side simply becomes that conversation filler. Warner says two normally mild-mannered colleagues properly scrapping in every 50-50 to the point where it becomes an HR matter. So um, so there's pleasantries, but there's also um, some potentially disastrous situations that can crop up. Yeah, that's like the dread, isn't it, that you do? Because uh, I think we all have to. And I mean, when I play work for side, I'm a lot, I try and be a lot less vocal and, and all of that than I would be normally because you just you don't really want your colleagues to see that side of you necessarily but i think with it it takes maybe uh, if you're playing continuously if you it probably takes about two or three months for that veneer to just fall away and if you are a remotely bad loser or remotely competitive sort as i am i feel like professional working relationships are in real trouble Charlie, uh, I feel like there's always one person in an office fiber side who whose talent is fairly limited, even though they probably know how to play football. It's just they they can't quite do it. But they tend to be sort of you know six footers, and they and they're, they're all limbs, and they they basically just injure people by accident all the time. Hmm. I feel like there's that that person exists in every office fiber side there has ever been. That's a really good point, and that is a really hard one to not get annoyed if that happens to you because you are kind of. Legitimate. It would be legitimate to be angry at that, but you're also aware, like you know, they're not doing it on purpose, and you know, no. I've got to work with this guy. But it's also painful. How do you address it? Extremely what, what you annoying. Do? Yeah, is I it mean, kind of just saying, oh, "Be a bit more careful," because you've got to do it really kind of diplomatic. Say, "Bit careful there. Come on, come on, come on. We've all got yeah. work tomorrow." <laughs> it's 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 almost harder than negotiating that it's your pitch. It, it's because uh, <laughs> it really they look is very at you with difficult. this kind of blank expression, saying, well, "This is what I naturally do. I've got no yes. other mode." Um, it's it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They should be good goalkeepers. Other kind of toe-curling awkwardness uh, that I've experienced in our, in our five-a-side at, at The Athletic is that we, we play in this pitch which is rather exposed to kind of passers-by and for some god-awful reason we seem to schedule our games at the exact same time that schools kick their kids out and so we always end up with local school kids in Southwark sort of walking past us giving us some shall we say honest feedback on our footballing <laughs> ability and it's made me realise that anybody watching you play football suddenly makes you worse at football. Yeah, I had. I remember this playing in. Um, I think it was at the Westway on the eleven aside pitch, and we were playing, and these kids just came, and they were just like roundly abusing us, and it was like, oh, <laughs> this this is a real insight into what it's like for professionals. Leave me alone. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, and it's like, and again. Again, there's simply no way to deal with it because you can't throw abuse back because you'll just get you'll end up in some sort of horrendous situation one way or the other. And if you look hurt or kind of 
disappointed by the whole thing, then that makes you look even worse. So I just I just don't know how you're supposed to kind of go about this. I guess maybe you just live in hope that you're going to do that one thing that's going to get a bunch <laughs> of 14-year-olds excited. But yeah, you know that your first <laughs> touch suddenly becomes so important. Oh, it really <laughs> does. Because not... you just want to hear that, oh! Yeah, exactly. And you know it has to be box office, don't you? The, you know, recycling possession effectively isn't going to do it, is it? You know, I nice, go into my nice shell. Pass. I, yeah. I start playing it safe. It's all like two yard yeah. passes and sort of. You know, and I want to impress them with my economy rather than my fantasy. <laughs> yeah. That guy's pass percentages. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> really, what you want is is to do some sort of manoeuvre that earns you a comparison with a really good player. But that's yeah. that's very difficult. You know, one yeah, yeah. little step over or something, and then they're all calling you Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever it is. Yeah, Dan, there are more sort of heartwarming interactions with members of the public when you're playing five side. Um, take for example when you kick the ball over the fence. Oh gosh, uh, and that results in this this kind of ensuing pantomime because you never know. I mean, you you always assume that there's going to be a passerby, and then you're just hoping that they're of a decent caliber that they can get the ball back over the fence. <laughs> um, and then, so whoever it is, this, this passerby X, and they're walking up to the ball and you just think, don't kick it. Please oh, do not man. attempt to kick it, either from your hands or from the ground. And then, and then when, they, when they are in the process of throwing it over, hopefully underarm, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's a more thanked person in the world than the person who throws the ball back <laughs> over the fence. Everyone thanks them. I love that because I look around now and I think everybody's going to do it. Everybody's going to say thanks, cheers. Yep, cheers, thanks. Cheers, cheers thanks. thank you. Thanks oh. very much. Cheers, thank you. It's, that's a nice. That's a, uh, that must feel amazing because I've never been in that position. I can't remember the last time I was in the position of being the guy who throws the ball back over the fence, Dan. How nice must that feel? <laughs> it must feel nice. It must feel nice. I do wonder if... Um, the creators or let's say the architects of five aside pitches, whether it be like a goals or just one with two pitches together, whether they, you know, I understand that say, for example, say you've got, you know, a dividing wall between two pitches and a netting. Oh, yeah. And there's just a little gap, but to, to throw a ball or kick a ball first time through that gap, you need sort of the precision of, uh, <laughs> you know, an elite snooker player or, you know, you need to be an elite athlete really to get it through there first time. And, you know, the feeling of, obviously it's great when, you know, a ball goes over onto another pitch. Say, for example, a ball goes over to another pitch and the other game is still going. It's not like the Premier League mm. where it's like, whoa, 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 come on, drop ball, drop ball, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. they'll keep playing. And you're just like, uh, come on, uh, excuse me, uh, come on. Um, but when they do finally get to throw it over, there's no worse feeling than if they throw it over and it hits the fence and they have to do it again. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, listener Bobby Dickinson shares your agony. He says, it's the biggest agony by fives. It's the pressure of the ball from a neighbouring pitch landing on yours. And you being the one who has to kick it back over with two sets of players watching and hoping you can't do it first time. Um, so there's an element of kind of inherent um, kind of piss taking already there before you've even kicked <laughs> the ball. Uh, Ross Tyson replies saying, this is horrible because you can't you can't look like you're trying too hard, even though kicking a ball vertically 20 feet with enough power to land on another pitch without <laughs> missing isn't easy. Charlie, there are... As we mentioned earlier, when you bring 10 people together on a football pitch, there are so many different ways of interpreting how five-a-side should be operated. Uh, Niall Norton says, the agony of when you join a new group and they are playing the rule that the keeper can't go outside of their box. Uh, that rule makes absolutely no sense to me because the uh, you have to watch the ball slowly make its way to the corner, but it's out of reach because you're stuck in some stupid box. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like keeper can't come out is okay. I don't know. What do yeah, you think? That's, to me, that's very entrenched. Yeah, I'd be I'd be amazed if you could let the keeper out. Um, but I mean, that's just what I've been brought up. <laughs> you know, that's that's to me the keeper always has to stay in their goal in five side. 
yeah, I think if you let the keeper out of the area, you'll get, the goal average is going to come right down because there's just so much sweeper keeping is going to go on. It's, it, mm. it's an absurd safety net. You shouldn't have it. Rob Saunders continues here, Dan. He says, um, when the ball is slowly lingering just out inside the goalkeeper's area, but you can't enter it, which normally leads to a disputable toe towards the ball. <laughs> um, Grey areas here. Uh, it is. Uh, if the ball's on the line, is it inside or is it outside in your book? I think that's when you can get away with a little a little toe and a little roll back, can't you? Obviously, it's mm. it's. I think it's one of the like like the ball rolling into sort of a, an area you can't get whilst you're playing table football. Maybe you know the, the yeah. leg just doesn't stretch far enough and it's rolling into the corner. <laughs> it's that same same thing, isn't it? Where you know, like if a ball does roll sort of into the corner and the keeper's not allowed out, it's kind of like oh, you know, and the ballet begins, doesn't it? If you're shooting at a goal. Um, and you manage to collect that ball. Obviously, there's no glory, is there, in passing it back to a teammate? <laughs> Adam Cattell, Charlie, says, slide tackling in five-a-side. Um, first of all, is that allowed? And secondly, when does a simple stretch become a slide? Like, At what point does it become, careful, careful? When you play like actual leagues, you have three rules of you can't slide, the ball can't go overhead height, and you can't go straight back to a keeper. Those, to me, are the kind of three main things you need to decide um, i can never remember the, the 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 way that that rule works the the kind of back pass kind of rule i can never remember if it is, is it you pass to them they're not allowed pa- to pass back to you or they pass to you and you're not allowed to go back to them i get very confused i don't know if, what, yeah how it if, works. if the goalie rolls it to you you can't go straight mm. back to them um which it's then a real does, which, pleasure it does then create um, that issue. Someone gets it and then you're, they're being closed down. It's like, yeah, what do I do? And you just kind of smack it as hard as you can. Up the pitch. Um, yeah. If, if, it feels like quite a guilty pleasure. But one, one of the few guilty pleasures of having to go and goal at the other side is, is when you pick up a back pass. In the back of your head, you're going, they're not allowed to do this in real football. They're not allowed <laughs> to do this. And it, it, it does feel wrong. It feels it feels dreadfully wrong. Dan, how do you feel about the head height rule? Because I feel, I feel like most casual games of five side don't have it. But then you yeah. go down to a power league or a goals and they, they employ it sort of with almost kind of military style uh, discipline, I, I, just, I, I feel like at a casual level, Dan, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And it just like, I know you would just never really go for it, wouldn't it? But I guess it, it removes sort of the, uh, that hope that you might score a header in five a side, which I yeah. think would make you, would be a really nice feeling. I get it from a, from a football development perspective. It's good to have sort of eight-year-olds passing the ball on the floor and not resorting to hoofing it. But when you're at office five a side level, Charlie, yeah. I don't think kind of the evolution and football development is, is really that much of an issue when you're hitting your late thirties. I think, you'd, yeah, you'd come across a bit self-important if in an office game you were trying to enforce that rule. <laughs> the going back to a keeper rule uh, might be a bit Also, much. time's precious. You don't want to be stopping and starting a game uh, in office five a side because that, that, that is an hour you have anticipated all morning. You've been building yourself up mentally and then to, to play for an hour when, I mean, it's probably not an hour. It's probably about 40 minutes by the time everyone has turned up and there's always, <laughs> there's always one person who's really late. And the idea of just simply stopping and starting a game for the head height rule is, is that time is money you know let it flow yeah let it yeah let the game go let it let go referee <laughs> absolutely you're right here's a dilemma for you dan from a technological perspective what do you constitute a 2g astroturf surface to be i, I, I don't know is it is it is it just plastic crumb i don't know there are some outlandish claims being made um, at various five-a-side centres. So 2G, as I understand it, is, the, is, is like the kind of the old-school kind of five-a-side surface, so kind of the sand-based, rough, mm. kind of carpety oh. kind of surface. 3G is more common. That's the pretty much you find most places now. It's kind of the rubber crumb, not great grass quality 
situation. 4G is kind of an enhanced version of that. Uh, apparently without rubber crumb, but I'm not convinced. But some websites and some places claim to have 5G, 6G, and in one case, it's uh, Maccabee London FC claim to have a 7G AstroTurf pitch. What is a seven-generation artificial turf pitch? Do they explain? No. No one ever does. This is the thing. You can just say <laughs> you've got a 7G pitch and you never have to back it up. Dan, what do you think a 7G AstroTurf pitch boasts? What sort of technology are we looking for here? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be... Is it down to the thread count of the artificial grass? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's... Like, what could like, be that like much better? Of, yeah, what could be that much better about it? Do you know what I mean? All I know is that if you're booking that pitch, you're, you're certainly going to be... You're not going to be sort of in the three pound fifty, five pound per player, or you're really going to be pushing up. I imagine, aren't you? It's going to, it's going to hit you in the pocket, isn't it? I'd want biometrics in that pitch. I want them to kind of know my heart rate or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Um, you know, going the other way, Charlie. I guess one G would be like the really old school kind of Luton Town era kind of horrible pitches where they weren't even blades of grass as such. It was just a kind of sandpaper with extra sand on it. <laughs> and then zero G, I guess, would be tarmac. Which not not only is obviously a punishing surface because there are still sort of five side leagues out there that play on tarmac, which is obviously the, the pits. Uh, but the, you have the added complication of not only is it a punishing surface to play on, but you've got to contend with netball and hockey markings, which completely <laughs> ruin a game of five side football when you're just sort of moving along and all you can see is these fluorescent lines underneath you, de- denoting something else entirely. Don't like it. <laughs> very 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 uncomfortable to play on. Uh, it's awful. So- awful like massive penalty massive hockey penalty areas that some five-a-side leagues use which is just completely pointless like the goalkeeper can the goalkeeper can essentially come out 10 yards to block a shot dan while we are obsessing ourselves with with technical details where do you stand on keeping score because this seems quite a divisive issue are you a actual scorekeeper do you only keep the relative scores that is one up two up what's what's the situation here or do you just not keep score at all Oh, you have to keep score, otherwise, what's the point in playing? But it's so, Completely. it's so, it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I think I'm quite anal, and you would would prefer to keep a score, even if you know a lot of five side games end up being sort of thirteen twelve or something like that, because you know I want a marker of how much effort we've put in. But unless you've got one of these, you know, <laughs> these young kids who, as a referee, and you're playing in a competitive <laughs> game, who's sort of moping around at the floor and is just like, oh yeah, lads, it's eleven uh, ten. Uh, you know, it's hard, <laughs> obviously, in a, when when you're sort of self policing yourselves to, uh, mm. you know, you will always say, oh, what's the score? And as soon as you 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 know in you know your heart of hearts that it's fifteen fourteen, but someone be like, oh yeah, we're level, or oh yeah yeah, no, we're one goal up. And then no, then starts it. the whole no, you're not. And then and uh, yes, you are. And then all that argument. But I love the debate. I love that. Yeah. I, I am a staunch scorekeeper. I, I I won't have this sort of relative score nonsense going. On. I want to know the actual score of the game. And so Charlie, when we when you uh, I mean as much as I admit I can't remember five people's names when I've only just met them for a five side game. I I'm pretty sure I can keep score of a football game. But about halfway through and it becomes it apparent that no one really knows what the score is the the debate essentially goes well you scored two just then then he got that one mm-hmm. remember and then um it's um it's like a courtroom it's wonderful stuff 
I'm a big fan of the faux breezy reminding of what the score is. So, you know, you'll be like, and yeah, still, still 3-1. Oh, yeah, still 3-1. Yeah. Just, you know, because if you're worried that maybe the score isn't going to be remembered, you're just checking it out there, you know, but, but you're chilled. You're, you're not you're not caught up about it, but it is but still 3-1. Yeah, still 3-1. But you've opened up a can of worms for yourself there because by at what margin in a casual office five-a-side game should you stop doing that because you might really piss someone else off? I'm, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> five or six. Yeah, in an office game, I'd be wearing of doing that at all. But if, if you're in a semi-serious game and, and you have suspicions that maybe there are going to be those courtroom debates, you just put it out there and... Uh... <laughs> just put it out there. <laughs> Let them know you're there. Three one. Yeah. <laughs> the responses to this sort of became more increasingly alarming. Trey the Blade says, um, we don't play in a league anymore, but if one team is 5-4 up, we'd say the score is 1-0. That's weird. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> Jefferson Lake, which is a great name, and I hope his suggestion is equally great. He says, everyone totally exhausted and not caring at the 55-minute mark when somebody just simply calls it first to three. Uh, I feel like when you do that, you have to you have to factor in the uselessness of everyone like scoring a goal when they need to. So if you've got five minutes left, three is too much. I think maybe yeah. two maximum. So there's a system there that you, you have to work out pretty quickly. And at the extreme end of this scale, Dan, we've got Jack who says, we break our games up into sets of five. When it goes to 5-3, say, it becomes 1-0 in sets and the scores restart at 0-0. Most sets at the end wins it. Works well. What? What? What is that's that? That's fascinating. You're I'm not... really intrigued by that. I've never this heard... Guy... And... Someone just replied on Twitter saying, what? this isn't tennis, mate. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's very tennis-based. Why would you do this? Why would you ever do that? The, the like ATP is Fibonacci a Fibonacci know... sequence for working out the score of a football game. I don't get it. Well, oh, I guess I'm you're not... you're keeping it you're keeping it competitive. If a team, you know, there are more oh, right. instances in which you're going to have a chance to win. So yeah, we, so... we may have we five nil is only one. We get, we're still right in this. Oh, I suppose I, suppose, I may because otherwise, if you, if you I'm go five nil down early on. Here. Yeah. If you go down, otherwise you go five nil down early on. It's going to be really hard. Whereas that's just yeah. one. That's one set. Put that out of our mind. I, I'm changing my mind here because maybe he, maybe Jack is is proposing a solution to the kind of perennial problem here of when you get unbalanced teams that you didn't realise were unbalanced, and then you've got that awkward moment where someone says, "Well, do you want to change it?" Yeah. And 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 there are there are two types of people who say, "Do you want to change it?" You've got the person on the winning team who says, who sort of charitably says, "Well, we can change it if you like," and because obviously that's the worst thing that anyone could ever say to you. If you're losing by like five or six goals after twenty minutes, it's like, "Come on." This is fucking ridiculous. Can we please change it? Maybe Jack's suggestion completely mitigates against this because essentially you just have loads of mini games where no one can really get thrashed. It could do. And what I find really funny about that rearranging the teams is then it's really awkward when you're very much exposing who you think is worse. When, when you, know, oh. you, you make a couple of you make a couple of transfers and you're sort of openly humiliating. Like, yeah, you you go on the winning team. Come on. And, yeah, and Dan, really it doesn't matter if, if the game gets evened out by it because you will always ruin one person's afternoon and that's the person who has to change teams. Where, how, what kind of emotional state are you going to go home in if you, if you were 5-0 up at one stage and then you had to switch teams and then kind of drew? I just, uh, what, that's that's going to leave you pretty unfulfilled, right? It is, it is. You sort of knew that you were, you knew that you weren't sort of too integral to that original winning team success, were you, you know? <laughs> I mean, goodness, it's just, oh, it's, it's I understand it's like it. moving I mean, teams after for a season. Do you get a league tied to winner's medal? I just, uh, I don't Oh, know. no, no, just not, it's just not nice, is it? No, no. Um, yeah, picking teams is, is incredibly difficult. Uh, I think the athletic, the athletic style guide dictates that we just do it on the shade of people's shirts. Because <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, we we can't buy bibs because it's just too earnest to buy bibs, isn't it? 
for yeah. like a casual father side game. It's it's fraught with with awkwardness. This whole thing. I want to end on some suggestions from our listeners about the sort of the classic five side chat that you hear on a, instinctively on a pitch. I personally, I, I'm a big fan of um, instructing people to not let him turn or let him shoot. Because I just feel like if you don't if you don't let them do either of the things, then we're we're going to be fine. So don't let them turn, don't let them shoot, and that's all you'll hear me shout for. <laughs> don't for foul an him. Hour. Don't foul him is a favourite of mine. In I don't I don't worry about fouls so much because in, in I think you can count on 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 the fingers of one hand how many fouls we've had in our five side over about six months. I just think that, I just think fouls just aren't an issue in casual five side. Yeah, it's maybe <laughs> um, more of an elevens that thing. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie McGowan says simply the words right idea. Which is quite nice. <laughs> That's some nice uh, encouragement, isn't it? Yeah. Um, FPL Mango says, Earlier this year, we had someone half-heartedly shout for a handball, which was wet, met with the opposition keeper replying, not outside the natural silhouette, which was equally <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and, com- and confirmation that the current handball rule is a farce. Dan, can you ever see yourself resorting to outside the natural silhouette? No, not unless I'm Mike Riley. Like, just no. <laughs> that's absolutely ludicrous, isn't it? Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, that's that's... Maybe that's showing how uh, how the rules of the game are, are a bit of a farce. I mean, one thing I find I always find myself shouting ridiculously and in vain in a uh, competitive game is I've got two here uh, when I'm <laughs> ostensibly two on one defending, knowing that full well no one's playing five aside to defend. No one cares about defending, do they? We know that everyone's going to go up front, and we know that you're going as soon as we lose the ball, you're too tired as the other team breaks, and it's just going to be a you shoot, we shoot like a basketball game. Yeah, but, but you still time, do it anyway. I, I, I can't abide my team. Double teaming a a, a player on the other on the other side. I, I want I want a man to man marking system when I'm in. Or goal. When, when people like mark the keeper, trying to block that is um, <laughs> trying trying to like bl- block a pass out from the keeper rather than marking someone. That yeah. um, that outside the silhouette that reminds I may have said this before on the grassroots of when you know when people you know because that obviously is a consequence of hearing something on TV and you know parroting it. Um, or seeing someone do something. And I remember in 11s, a guy standing miles offside at a free kick um, when the opposition were taking it. And they're like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm doing a Van Nistelrooy, which was at the time when Van Nistelrooy stand miles offside. And it was just like, oh my God, please just get onside. You've you've, you've got to obviously going to get flagged. Yeah, you've got to sympathise with this because I guess all levels of recreational football are essentially recreating things that they've seen. It's just some people are more obvious about it than others. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, it's still nil-nil, but we have achieved a hell of a lot here. I feel like we've aired a lot of grievances here and shared a lot of grievances too. Um, I hope we're all fulfilled. Dan, Charlie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.